Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be giving my Nick midseason grades from everyone to Jalen Brunson all the way down to Evan Fournier. Also, for Coach Tibbs, as well as Leon Rose in the front office. So, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we are going to talk New York Knicks basketball. Ooh, it's very exciting. Well, you know, that's the that's the team of my youth, so, you know, I follow them pretty close. So, so what we're going to do in this episode, I'm going to give out my midseason grades for the New York Knicks. All the Knicks, you know, I'm not going to deal with the end of the bench guys like that um these are the guys getting pretty good minutes overall so so let's get into it shall we i'll start with the head of the snake and that is jalen brunson jalen brunson played in 41 of the 44 games thus far he's averaged uh nearly 34 minutes per game 22.3 22.3 points, 6.4 assists, 3.6 rebounds, a steal per game, and his assist-to-turnover ratio is 3 to 1, guys. That, that's uh, pretty good, I would say. He shoots from the field 47.4%, 85.7% from the free throw line, and then nearly 40 percent from three so Jalen Brunson I give him an A plus I give him an A plus because he has come here to and he's done the job he's supposed to do he's had monster games this year he's had a career high of 44 points previous before that he had a career high of 38 and for all intents and purposes, he may end up uh, player of the week uh, following week uh, 13. So, yeah, so he's, he's put in the work, guys. He's put in the work. He's been everything the New York Knicks needed him to be. He's the first legit point guard I've seen here in a, quite a while. So, uh, maybe you have to hark back to... Uh, Jason Kidd when he was running the offense with Melo and those guys. But but with Brunson, he's in his prime. As opposed to Kidd, he was kind of long in the tooth when he came here, but he was still uh, pretty productive nonetheless. But uh, what Jalen Brunson is doing is above and beyond the call of duty. So I give him an A-plus, guys. Uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle, let's go through his numbers. He's played in every single game, 44 of the games he played in all of them. Uh, He's averaged the most minutes, uh, 35 and a half minutes per game, 24 and a half points per game, and that's good for 18th in the league, guys. So, and then uh, 
ten and a half rebounds. That's good for seventh in the league. And he's averaging nearly four assists per game. Shooting from the field, forty-six percent from uh, from the field. 75.3 from the free throw line. Yeah, you take that. That's for sure. And 34.3 from three-point range. So, he's giving you some monster games. In fact, uh, this past Sunday, he's had a, he had a monster one with 42 points, 15 rebounds, and he was just as outstanding. So, Julius Randle's grade... The, the Randall haters out there aren't going to like it. I give him an A. I give him an A. He's back to those numbers he had two seasons ago. Only difference between that and now, he has a professional point guard now. He did. He put up those numbers without it. And mind you, his assists were a bit higher. You know, it was over five per game. Because he had to. Because he... he he have a point guard with him. So, what he's doing now, he doesn't have to handle the ball as much, guys. He got Brunson for that. So, we've done the prudent thing, taking the ball out of his hands. He's done everything you've asked of him. He's actually going above and beyond, and he's, he's defending better to some extent. Uh, you, you saw the chase down block he had in that Spurs game. Oh, unbelievable. So, this is a guy who everybody was ready to ship him out last season when he, you know, was brooding and moping about. And to this day, you got people still want to get him out of here. Let me ask the question. Who out there on the market you can get right now who's giving you... 24 and a half points per game over a 2010 guy. Let's just put it simple. A 2010 guy. Tell me a 2010 guy that's available right now that you can trade for. I'll wait. (laughs) I'll be waiting a long time because there isn't one. So, to, and, you know, I've been a Nick fan long enough to, Hear how um, everyone was ready to ship out Patrick Ewan and they were tired of him. And, you know, because Patrick Ewan, great player. You know, he didn't have a great love affair with the fan base. So, so there's that. So, you know, he was a bit underappreciated. And then once he was gone, oh gosh, it took us years to uh, be relevant again. So. I say all that to say, Julius Randle, the man's putting in the work this year. He's playing all-star basketball. Uh, How can you not root for this guy if he's on your team? So, uh, I give him an A. So, I say all that to say, he gets an A grade from me. So, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Let's go through the numbers first. He played in 38 games. He missed about a week or so with the lacerated finger. So, and he's second in minutes, 34 minutes per game, 19.7 points per game. So nearly 20. 
Uh, he's giving you 5.4 rebounds and nearly three assists per game. So solid numbers there. That's for sure. From the field, you like to see this a little bit better. 42.7% guys from the field. Uh, 74, it's about 75% from the free throw line. And then 33% from three-point range. So, so R.J. Barrett, you know, he is, you guys still remember the kid is young. He's still about 22 or so. Uh, he's still developing. Still developing his game. He's been solid. Uh, I can't take that away from him. That's for sure. So I'm going to give him a... I give him a B plus. I give him a B plus because he is putting up numbers, guys. The only problem is, again, from the field... Uh, He's erratic. So from the from three, he's been erratic. He's been better since he's come back from the uh, lacerated finger injury. So he's been better in that regard. But you would like to see that shooting percentage go up. Definitely three-point percentage. You want to see that hike up a bit. And even from the line, that'd be nice. But so I give him a B plus. He's still defending. He's still out there. Giving his all, so R.J. Barrett, I give him a B plus. Emmanuel quickly, Emmanuel quickly. Let me just tell you about him. He too has played in forty-four games. There's only three guys who's played in every single game. Quickly is one of them. Uh, Twenty-seven point two minutes per game so he's playing the well he's playing the most minutes of your bench guys so uh averaging 12.4 points per game over four rebounds 3.3 assists coming off your bench that's good shooting from the field 42 percent you'd like to see that go up but i think that you know if he had a volume of shots, I think that percentage would look better. So I kind of give him a pass on that. Uh, shooting 84.7% from the field, 33% from the free, from three, just like R.J. Barrett. So you'd like to see those numbers improve. <clears throat> Quickly is a Tibbs favorite. He is a Tibbs favorite. Tibbs loves the guy. When he had to step in, because remember Brunson missed a few games here and there, about three to be exact. So he ended up starting. And then he also started a few games when RJ went down and Barrett came back. So you had, at one time, you had a starting lineup of Brunson, Grimes, and quickly. So you kind of went small there. So. So he start of the 44 games he played in, he started eight games. And he looked good. He looked good in those games. I continue to go back to the fact, though, he, his game mirrors, to me at least, his buddy out there, well, his teammate too, former teammate with the 
Philadelphia 76ers, Tyrese Maxey. The games are identical, at least in my eyes. It's just that Maxey has an opportunity over there as the third guy over there behind Embiid and James Harden. So he has an opportunity there. But I see the game similar. I see them very similar. So he's a guy who, if I think if he had a regular diet of shots, he would be quite efficient. Well, he's efficient now. He's your most productive player coming off off the bench. So with all of that said, I give him a B plus. I give him a B plus. And imagine if this guy was starting right, you know, full time. I understand the numbers don't dictate that, but he's someone that again Tibbs trusts fully. And for a young guy to get Tibbs trust, that's saying something. So so quickly I give him a B plus for what he's done for this team. Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, he's played in 36 games, so he missed some games here and there. Uh, twenty over 27 minutes per game. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's good. 7.3 points per game. Over nine rebounds. 1.8 blocks, and that puts him actually in fifth place in the league. His shooting percentage. 67.7% from the field, which actually would be third if he were, he were, was qualified. But he doesn't take enough shots, guys. He doesn't take enough. So, but he would be third in the league if, if you know, if he had the shots to qualify. So, and 53.5% from the free throw line. So, you'd like to see that better, of course. So. Mitchell Robinson, I tell you, he's been who he is for the most part. Would I like to see him get more offense? Absolutely, no question about it. But Tibbs, man, he he, he wants his centers. I know I've said it ad nauseum. He wants his centers to be like uh, Joakim Noah. Go in there, defend the paint, get the rebounds. Play, play dirty, play, not play dirty. Let me rephrase that. You know, do the dirty work. That's what I meant to say. So, that's what he wants from his bigs. He wants them to get in there, block shots, defend the paint, and do the dirty work. So, in an ideal world, I think Mitchell Robinson could average a double-double. But with this team, he's not going to be able to. He just won't. There'll be some nights where he gets, you know, gets his gets those type of numbers, but it's not going to be every night, guys. And I think, I think that's an area where Tibbs needs some work in. You got a big here. He's, you know, he can make baskets because he's shooting uh nearly sixty eight percent from the field. So you hit him with a few lobs, you know, uh, you know. Give him something down low. I think he can average a triple-double. Not a triple-double, a double-double. But, again, Tibbs isn't that guy to want his center to do that. So, so I give him a B grade. 
and B grade is not entirely of his doing because he's handcuffed by his coach. So, but nonetheless, he's been available. That's been the important thing, guys. He's been available, only missing eight of the 44 games. That's, you definitely take that. So, yeah, so, Mitchell Robinson, that's, that's what you're going to get, guys. I wish you could get more, but I think under a different coach you could, but that's a story for another day, so. So he gets a B. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, you know, he missed time early in the season with that foot. Now he's back in the fold. Let's talk about his numbers. Uh, 33 games he played in, because remember, he missed a lot of that time initially. 29.2 minutes per game. So that puts him actually fourth behind those big three. So. So he's on the floor a lot, guys. 10.4 points per game. Uh, 3.4 rebounds. And then over two assists per game. His shooting numbers, 44.7% from the field. I think that can go up as, um, as we go forth. I think those numbers can go up. 80.8% from the free throw line and 364 from three-point range. So... Quentin Grimes, he's been in the starting lineup for the most part. I believe 29 of the games. He's been... I I say this. If you still had uh, Evan Fournier starting and Grimes coming off the bench, I think the record wouldn't be what it is. I think the record is what it is because you have Grimes in there. He's... The one player in that starting lineup, you know he's going to get out there and defend and get up in people. So, so um, I he's another person I wish could get more shots. But, you know, um, in this offense, I mean, there's a, a bit of mouse to feed. So... I guess uh, get him more shots would require somebody getting less shots. And I'm sure there's those out there saying, oh, since RJ's so efficient, maybe Grimes can get his shots. I hear you on that. I hear you. But I think as we go on, um, Grimes will be better. He'll get better. So, and, you know, the fact that he, He's a two-way player, kind of in the mold of a Clay Thompson-like player. So, and yeah. So, with that said, I'm going to give him a B grade. I give him a B grade. Can't make it any higher because you know he did miss the time initially, but for what he's done, him being in that lineup has been a godsend for. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, so B grade for Grimes. All right, so this kind of leaves us with your bench guys. So let's talk about them. Isaiah Hartenstein. 
He's the other player who's actually played in every game. So he's playing in all 44 games. He started in seven because of those times where Mitch, uh, Mitchell Robinson wasn't in there. So so he he was able to play every game in start seven. He's getting 18.7 minutes per game, 5.2 points per game, 6.2 rebounds. He's shooting 48.7% from the field. You'll take that. And 756 from the free throw line. So that those are fine numbers. Hartenstein, you know, there's games where, you know, he's in val- valuable in getting Mitchell Robinson those rest minutes and there's been times where you kind of cringe a bit <laughs> especially when he's missing those shots in close so but you know you brought him in to be a solid backup to to Mitchell Robinson and he's been that for the most part again you know and in and the thing was, in those seven games he started for Mitchell Robinson, he didn't exactly set the world on fire. But, again, I think that's more bright, a byproduct of his coach. His coach doesn't want him setting the world on fire, really. So, he's limited in what he can do. So, with that said, I'll give him a B- minus because of the inconsistencies in inside the paint you like to see him a bit better in that regard but you know again uh offensively he's gonna be handcuffed by his coach so but he is banging the boards you like to see that so um yeah so i give him a b minus with that said let's move along Deuce McBride, Deuce McBride, or Miles McBride, we call him Deuce. He's played in 32 games. The light went on, and Tom Thibodeau Thibodeau realized, I got to play this young guy. So, 32 games, started in two of them. Averaging 13.7 minutes per game. So, that puts him... tough to gauge so yeah it puts some eh, in right in the middle there uh 3.6 points per game and about a assist per game coming off the bench shooting only 34.5 percent from the field again you know not getting a steady diet of shots so you're gonna see some bouts with uh being erratic there uh, 68.4% from the free throw line. You'd like to see that better. So, But what Deuce does, and he does well, he's an on-the-ball on the defender. He defends on the ball. He's kind of a pit bull when it comes to that. Kind of in the vein of a, if I had to compare, kind of in the vein of a Jose Alvarado out of uh, New Orleans over there. But not aggressive on offense like Alvarado is. But he kind of defends in that same manner. 
So, with that said, I'm going to give him a C plus. I'm going to give him C plus because what Tibbs wants from him, he's doing well. And that's defending. So, he's doing that. He's getting up in guys' shorts. And, you know, his hands are active. So, yeah. So, I give him a C plus. Uh, given, you know, it's not even a great amount of minutes he's getting. But he's making the most of it defensively. That's for sure. So, I give him a C plus. Then we come to Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims, the third center for the Knicks, played in 32 games, started in two, uh, playing 12.3 minutes. He, too, 3.6 points per game and over four rebounds per game. Uh, he's shooting from the field. <laughs> Get this. He's shooting 77 He's shooting about 78% from the field and 80% from the free throw line. So he is he is like your Mitchell Robinson, but better from the free throw line and and very active. Very active. He's still learning how to play um, NBA defense from the center position. Still learning that. But, I mean, if you etched out his minutes, uh, it would come up to probably nearly, probably a little, maybe 10 points per game, maybe. And he would definitely be getting like... Uh, 12 rebounds per game if you were to etch that out so if he was getting like standard minutes of like a Julius Randle per se so uh, Jericho Sims he's caught in the, the numbers game because of course the first guy will always be Mitchell Robinson then you got a Hartenstein then you got Jericho Sims so I think He's pretty much what he is right now. I I think there's room for improvement in this game, that's for sure. But he fits the mold of a Tom Thibodeau center. So so with that said, I give him a C. I give him a C only because of circumstance. You know, he's the third center, but when he's in there, he's effective. So and you know, there was times where they kind of had, kind of needed him to even play a power forward position per se. So, so Jericho Sims, I give a C, given what he brings to the table. Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish, he's. It is funny because he's like a darling in a certain segment of the Nick fan base, and in another segment, he's a guy that. Everybody wants to ship out of town so he get an opportunity somewhere else. So, you know, it's kind of betwixt between what people feel about him. But let me give you his numbers. Only played in 20 games. And then if you recall, uh, Thibodeau said he was shortening the bench. Only nine guys. So, you know, those nine guys are going to be 
quickly Hartenstein, you know that off the top. Uh, Toppin, Ob Toppin, and then Deuce Deuce McBride. So that's your that's your four guys off the bench. So that doesn't leave a lot of room for your Cam Reddishes, your Derek Roses, your Evan Fournier's. So, but here's what he did in those in that time. And mind you, of the 20 games he started, eight. Uh, he had 8.4 points per game. So he gave you offense, guys. He gave you offense when he was out there. He shot at nearly 45% from the field, nearly 88% from the free throw line, and only 30.4% from three-point range. So Cam Reddish, we know he has all the talent in the world and then some uh the only problem is he's caught in the numbers game. So he's caught in the numbers game here with the Knicks. So, you know, the fact that the Knicks went out on a limb last year, actually it was around this time last year, they went out on a limb and brought him in. You figured somehow, some way they would incorporate him in, you know, with into the lineup and, it's been hot and cold ever since. So, again, uh, there's a set, there's a segment of this fan base that says, "Look, the kid isn't going to get the playing time. He's not going to get it. So, he might as well go elsewhere." So, things will be interesting in the next probably less than a month or so when the trade deadline comes along. It'll be interesting to see if he re- remains here, but. With all that said, I give him a C minus, and that's only because the numbers just don't favor him. The fact that Tibbs is now going with nine guys, he's not really getting the opportunity there. And even when Obi Toppin was hurt, he still didn't get, he got a, you know, to come in the game here and there, but it wasn't like, Oh, Obi's gone, so let's go with Reddish instead to fill those minutes. That wasn't the case. So, so do I think he's better off going somewhere else? No question about it. No question about it. And I think he could produce. I think he has talent. I think he has talent. He could produce. It's just not going to happen here, guys. It's just not. And... Even the games he started and played, he he def- went out there and defended as well. So you got to give him credit for that. But I just think he's a player that's probably better off somewhere else. So, so that's my grade for Reddish. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. Everyone's darling. You know, so uh, let's talk about the numbers first before I launch in. He played in 29 games. He had the injury where he's out several weeks, but he's back now. Um, he's getting over 16 minutes per game, nearly seven points, over two rebounds. He's shooting only 40.2% from the field, guys. 842 from free throw line, and then his actually his three-point percentage is the... Um, the number that's up here and is 34%. So 
Obi, I'm, I wasn't initially, but I'm now in the camp of he's just not going to get an opportunity here. Not with the fact that as long as Tom Thibodeau is prowling the sidelines, Obi will not get an opportunity here. Because Thibodeau loves Randall too much. He loves him. He, You see he gets all of the minutes. So not leaving much for room for anything else. So Obi Toppin, like Reddish, he's caught in the numbers game. He's caught in the numbers game. So do I think he would flourish somewhere else? I think he's another person who could flourish somewhere else without question. I think a coach will see what he brings and will will coach him up right in that space where he's comfortable. So so the C minus is not a fault of his own. I give him C minus. I don't know if I said it already. It's not a fault of his own. It really isn't. It's just the numbers are against him, guys. So uh but I love the guy. I'm one of the guys who actually loved the guy. He's so personable. He fits New York. But, you know, and I get it why they drafted him. I, I do get it. You know, um, Randall at that time, he was, t- you know, you could have, you could have took him or left him. But he ended up, uh, you know, being this uh, guy you didn't expect. So now you're tied to him for several years now. So, and OB, I think just the, the numbers just don't dictate for him. So, uh, C minus for him. Two more players, guys, and then I'll talk about the coach and I'll talk about the front office. Derek Rose. Derek Rose. 26 games he's played in. Wow, I even realized he played in that many games. Uh, nearly 13 minutes per game. 5.8 points per game. So, he, guys, he still can score here. And 1.8 assists per game. Only shooting at 39.4% from the field. 91.7 from the free throw line. So, again... He's pretty automatic from there. And then only 31.7 from three-point range. Derrick Rose, another person caught in the numbers game. Uh, Once Tibbs declared shortening that bench, one of the people hurt by that was Derrick Rose. But he's been nothing but a professional. He's been a professional. He could have pouted. He could have whined. He's not doing that. He's being a good teammate. He's still helping a guy like Deuce McBride along. So you definitely like that. I think it would be fair, at least to him, to move him elsewhere. Maybe to a team that's, you know, in need of a backup point guard. He could... If I had to search and see where he would be a good fit at, I would say Atlanta's a place he could fit. Along with those two guards over there, he could play off of those guys. I say 
Milwaukee's probably another place he could fit in and do well. Chicago definitely be a place I think he could help uh, Ayo Dusamo Dusamu. I think he could help him over there. That's for sure. So I don't think Derrick Rose is spent. I just think it's a matter of opportunity. So I think they would be doing him a big favor to move him along to a place, you know, a place that's contending and he can bring his expertise to that squad because the numbers just don't dictate here, guys. So, so with that said, I give Derrick Rose a D plus. Why? Again, the numbers don't reflect well. His shooting percentage is way down, both from the field and from three. He's still shooting pretty good from the free throw line. He still can score, guys, but again, he's not getting the playing time. So, but D plus, and again, it's not his fault of his own. I just wish he could move to a greener pastures where he can really uh, show his game once again. And then the final player, Evan Fournier. Played in 19 games. He started in seven. Those were early starts in the season, guys. 6.7 points per game over two rebounds. He's shooting 35% from the field, guys. That's uh, that's not what you want from a shooting guard. 84.2 from the, the charity strike. 31.3 from three-point range, and that is even down. So, Evan Fournier, I said it. I said it early on when they announced the benching of him, and then after that, the shortening of the bench. You're not going to get any kind of value back for him. You devalued him, so right now you're going to get pennies on a dollar anyway. Maybe you'll find a team out there who says, hey, maybe, you know, if I get this guy, uh, I know what he could do from three. Maybe he could give me double digits coming off my bench. I don't think he, anybody will bring him, in, bring him in as a starter. Not anymore, no. I think uh, Thibodeau actually exposed him in that regard. So anywhere he goes, I think he's going to come off somebody's bench. So, kind of like instant offense. So, there's several places I think he could work at. Lakers being one of them. Being one place, that's for sure. Probably a Milwaukee. Probably, I don't think Atlanta as much because they got sharpshooters coming off their bench. Maybe a... Maybe a Sacramento even, who's... Who need some uh, long distance shooting. So yeah. So. But again. You're going to get pennies on the dollar in return for him. So. But he's another player I think. You got to move on from. That's for sure. So. Uh, so I'm going to give him a D grade guys. He's getting a D. So. Alright. So let's turn to. I'll do the front office first. And I'll leave the coach last. Front office, Leon Rose and those guys there. Uh, let's talk about 
their wins. They hit a home run with the Jalen Brunson signing. And to only <laughs> for them only to have to give up a second rounder in 2025. I think I think you'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sundays just for an opportunity to have Jalen Brunson in the fold. So uh, the Hartenstein signing was a good pickup. I thought it was a solid pickup at the time. I th- still think it is for the most part. Uh, the re-signing of R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson to uh, pretty friendly contract extensions. You know, they're not really crippling, so to speak. So they're movable if worse came to worse. So, yeah, so I think... Yeah, so Leon Rose, I give him an A minus. I give him an A minus because <clears throat> only the fact that I still think the roster overall is a bit clunky and redundant in some some areas, especially your center position kind of redundancy there amongst your guards. Doesn't seem like you got enough forwards, so. Yeah, so so I give him an A minus. Um, you know, the A obviously for the Brunson signing, but and also Hartenstein as well. As long as you know those non crippling contracts, but the roster, the composition of the roster is what makes it an A minus for me. Tom Thibodeau, this was probably the toughest grade I had to give out. This was the toughest grade I had to give out. So let's talk about the good side of his ledger. His team right now, as of this recording, is among the top six in the East right now. You definitely take that because it keeps you out of the play-in. So you'll take that, that's for sure. So Also... Right now, they're the fifth best team in the East when it comes to scoring differential. So, they're defending a lot better than when they started the season. That's for sure. So, you'll take that. So, those are the good things. Now, the bad things. He's still stuck in some of his old ways, old ways of thinking. His offense still needs a little imagination. I mean, they're right in the middle of the pack when it comes to scoring. So, I think you still could use a little imagination there. I'd like to see more playmaking from, like, a Jalen Brunson. Uh, even a R.J. Barrett to some extent. Uh, Randall, no. He let... Let those numbers he has stay right there because you don't want him pounding and pounding the ball. So uh, I think your guards could distribute the ball a little bit more. His rotation, you could call that into question. The fact that he shortened it to nine, um, you can kind of call that into question. You know why? Because you're kind of burning out guys. You want to extend your bench now and then tighten it as the season progresses, as you get close to 
playoff basketball. Right now, you can, you know, experiment and do all these different things. You could do that now with expanded rotation. But if you shorten it to nine now, the guys are going to be spent once you get to the finish line. So, so with that said, I'm going to give Tom Thibodeau B. I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's not an easy B. That's for sure. He's barely passed the test by the skin of his teeth. But I got to give credit that right now they're amongst the top six. That's what you want. That's what you want. You want you want to be amongst those guys and not have to worry about a play-in because play-in means extra games to be played. So, and the possibility of elimination. So, so I got to give him credit for that. That I have to give him credit for. The other things, the rotation, the offensive imagination, the, you know, making in-game adjustments. He's still, that's where he's stuck in his ways um, in that regard. So, so Tom Thibodeau, I'm giving a B grade. So, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it. I think it go this long, but, you know, it is what it is, so. Guys, that is your mid-season breakdown of the New York Knicks. So, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. Am I crazy? Am I nuts? So, we'll see what happens. But, anyhow, we got another half to go, guys. Exciting basketball. Hopefully winning basketball for the Knicks coming up. So, so with that said, I'm going to cut it off, guys. And the next time you hear from me, I'll be breaking down week 13 in the NBA. So once again, I thank you for listening. Much appreciated. And we'll talk soon. Take care. So my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at that sports gd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.